Welcome back in another Garage Talk with Jason Allen podcast, and this is episode 40. Ooh. Holy smokes, I was thinking about that. I turned 40 this year. You're going to? No, I didn't. Or you already did? Yeah. Okay, so you did, and I will turn 40. Now, when, when I finally put this podcast up, because it's probably going to be, we're recording on, what, the 18th of August? It's probably going to go up Sunday. But my birthday is the 28th, so it's coming up. I'll be 40. And we were yeah, in the I turned sa- uh, April 3rd. Well, happy late birthday. Yeah, thanks. Um, we were in the same class at Glendale High School. We graduated <laughs> in 1998. Yeah, we that's are, crazy. We are both pirates, and I think... I need to rack my brain. Sometimes I say stuff on this podcast, and I forget that I've had someone over, but I think you're the first classmate. I think so. I don't think I've had one. No. I've talked to a couple... But I haven't got that far yet. One lives in Portland, I think, and, yeah. and the other one was kind of on the fence. So we'll see where that goes. But I'm excited to have you over. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> in high school, like, we did band together. <laughs> yeah. We did the independent math class together. Oh, Mrs. Atwood. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about her not too long ago yeah. because my sister went back to school to be a nurse. And she was, do you remember her being mm-hmm. in that class with us? Yes. Yeah. So there was uh, her, and I can't remember who else from the class ahead of us but there was a few of us yeah, that ended remember. up in that class for one reason or another <laughs> i ended up in there because i just didn't like the math teacher passed, i mean like for me i think i did better in that than in a regular class oh i know i did and it's probably because we helped each other and <laughs> yeah. i helped myself to the information to at the out, front we used to hang out in the computer room and the, yeah. you did the radio station yeah too. you and wade yeah wade crawford I saw him not too long ago. How's he doing? He's good. Is he doing better? Yeah. Sorry, I had to get a sip of my bubble stash here, which uh, Hop Valley is not paying us to talk about them, but uh, Jackie was nice enough to bring a nice bubble stash over, so we're enjoying a refreshment. It's probably the hottest podcast. I mentioned to you right before we went on that uh, usually I record. It's not too bad in here, though. Yeah, this summer, I just haven't. This is the first summer of recording podcasts, and I hadn't really thought it through when I thought up the whole garage talk thing and then all of a sudden just get one of those windmill like fans <laughs> well i was thinking about my wife brought this up which she doesn't really encourage me to spend money but she's like you know you should just put a window air conditioner hmm. and then leave the door shut and just turn it on an hour or two before someone gets here that might be and it would be a somewhat inexpensive way to cool it down but mm-hmm. then you kind of take away from the ambiance of the kids busting through with the garage door wide open. So it rained on Sunday when I recorded, but today it's definitely a different story. Um, but anywho, let's go, uh, let's go back to the beginning for you and kind of walk through your travels because you were, uh, you ended up in the army and we'll get to that a little bit later mm-hmm. on. Definitely want to talk about that, but what, what was life like for you growing up and, and, uh, were you in Glendale or the, the was, area the whole time or did you move into Town. I was born in Arizona in a little small town, uh, copper mining town, <coughs> Ajo, Arizona. Um, it's about 40 miles from the Mexican border, actually. So way down there. Yeah. And um, it's it's kind of a retirement slash artistic town now. Mm-hmm. It's not even really kind of on the radar very much. But I moved here when I was three, I think. I think it was three. And we moved to Azalea, and I predominantly was raised by my grandparents. My grandparents were quite, I mean, they were really strict. They were very kind of straight-laced, but 
they were very open-minded at the same time. I don't know, I didn't really, I don't know, my grandpa, he was kind of my rock. He, um, he kind of taught me how to be like a good person. He was very, um, he, for his age, he was not like racist. He wasn't, he grew up east side LA. So like for him, even back then it was really bad. So for him, he, and he joined the military when he was like 16. He lied about his age and went in the military. And so um, they predominantly raised me and my mom and my dad kind of floated in and out of my life. But um, my mom passed away a couple of years ago and she, uh, things never got fixed. So that was kind of, that's kind of painful, but I live on and went to school. Glendale. Yeah. Graduated in 98. Do you know what brought your grandparents up here? Like how so, they, cause it's interesting to hear from people how they found that area. And, and we also moved to Glendale when I was three. So I, I it's funny cause I, my connection is, so my cousins, my aunt and uncle, Kim and Ken Brinkerhoff, mm -hmm. which is also uh, Bonnie Pappas's brother. Okay. So. Which, let me just throw it out there before <laughs> we move on any further. Tom's supposed to come over and we lost contact or I just, COVID happened actually. Yes. And uh, I, I talked to him, I ran into him at Seven Feathers and then he called and we were going to work it out. He was in Vegas and then COVID happened. And yeah. I haven't talked to him since, so but he he'd be a good one to have over. Oh I think, yeah, at some point. So yeah, um, so Bonnie is my uncle Ken's sister, and we used to like um, do like Thanksgivings with them. And the um, so the person uh, the Brinkerhoffs are the ones who actually made the house that my grandparents lived like that we lived in. So, in Azalea. Yeah. So they just decided they wanted to move from, and they were in California at that time. No, oh, they were in Arizona. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, yeah. gotcha. So he grew up in in Los Angeles, then moved to Arizona, and then you came up here with him. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes. Yeah, sense. Yeah, he went in the military. He was in the Korean War. He went to Germany, and which is funny because it kind of goes into the military. Like he was a he was in an army unit, and he had a tanker name a tank named Buster. But when I went in the military, I was attached to an army unit. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> How did you decide you wanted to go into the military? Well, for me, growing up in Glendale, I didn't really want to go to college right away. And if I didn't do something, I wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> so I joined the army. And I actually joined the army like before I graduated. Um, but it couldn't be official until I was 18. And I joined in March 98. I turned 18 in April 98. And in August 98 is when I went to basic. <laughs> so in your mind, what did you think the Army was going to be like? What did you want to do in the Army? Well, I tested really high on the ASVAB. So I was able to, I had like a long list of jobs that I could have done. I just wanted to do something that would maybe benefit me later. I ended up being a mechanic. 
And so it was a mechanic, like I did um, like decontamination equipment. I did like um, the masks, like the like gas masks. I did like generators, air conditioners, oil pumps, fuel pumps, water pumps, um, like the decontamination tents, like if you went overseas and during like wartime. And I did, um, well, when you're a mechanic in, in the military, you kind of do everything regardless of like you help out wherever. Mm-hmm. And so in the motor pool, like I sometimes helped like the, with the Humvees and the LMTVs, which is like a, a load vehicle, which is kind of more like a, a diesel, I guess. What was the learning process like to get up to speed <laughs> and what kind of experience did you have before you left? Well, I was, I was so nervous when I went in cause you know, f- for one small town, never been anywhere else. I mean, I went to Arizona, like on, uh, been to Missouri, but I never really went any big places. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm, I'm getting myself into. <laughs> and I remember flying to like basic from Portland. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> and you get there and it's, I mean, they put you through hell. Like they start yelling at you. Like <laughs> I, I was kind of on the meek side, I guess you could say. Like I don't know, I, I had a lot of personality, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like they're yelling at me. They're telling me to do push-ups. I can't even do push-ups. Well, I was gonna <laughs> ask you about that real quick because in high school, you know, thinking back, you didn't play sports in high I school. I did track in junior high. That was it. And then all of a sudden you go off to basic training and I I don't know what you did in your spare time. And I only really got to see you at school. Yeah. I did basketball stats for you guys. Yep, (laughs) That was it. And so when, when you're out there and all of a sudden they want you to do push-ups and, and go run, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, I don't know how I did it. I did it. How does that go though? If you're, I mean, were you, did you do anything before you left or did you just show up? I just showed up and, and tried and I was able to go through basic and yeah. So what is basic like? Do you have to run a mile in a certain amount of time or it's do you just miles. have to, so two miles, Ta- and two miles on a certain amount of time. You have to do a certain amount of pushups in a certain amount of time. You have to, what is it? You have to like qualify with a, with a M16. You know, like you have to get, like, shoot a certain, um, like, group. Uh, you have to be, I'm trying to think what else you had to do. How you long had to, you they... had to qualify with a grenade. You have oh. to, like, yeah. Like, I was able to do. You just pull a pin and chuck it or what? How does that work? Yeah, there's, like, a range. Like, you just throw it and. You have yeah. to hit a circle or something? or No, you just have to hit it past a certain point. Oh, yeah. So as long as you have a decent arm, then you're okay. Mm-hmm. And how long do they give you to run the two miles? Is it I don't like remember. weeks? Can you like, like no, you have like to hit a benchmark or you just have to go out and you, run it It when just you get has there? to be under a certain time. When when you get there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not 
like you can train when you're there and then okay in the next four weeks you i mean to you're always benchmark. like running and marching like <laughs> so it just kind of gets you in shape then yeah. being there <laughs> yeah like um i remember i think i was in like the laundry room doing my laundry one time and someone uh, one of the drill sergeants came in <laughs> this is really funny um came in they started talking and i have my back to them to him and i i just keep talking because he he's asked something and i just answered him but i didn't like turn around and do the normal like yes drill sergeant and um he made me do like where I do like push-ups and then like run in place and then push-ups and then run in place and then push-ups and then run in place. And he had me do that in front of him for probably 10 or 15 minutes. And um, he's like, did you learn your lesson? And I'm like, yes, drill sergeant. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the lesson right there to address him. Yeah, Properly. just, yeah, just, you know, I don't know, like, you had to learn, I mean, I didn't have a problem with, like, respecting, like, elders or people of authority, but it was kind of hard to get used to, like, you had to talk to them in a certain way, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter, <laughs> like, or you were in trouble. How long did it take you to get used to the physical activities and also... Mm. I th- it I mean you're doing it constantly for the whole time that you're there so I, I remember um <laughs> when I went to they took my blood pressure one time and it was like 95 over 50 and they're like are you okay I'm like I'm fine but like you're constantly running and so your heart health is like super in great shape yeah <laughs> but you know it it's and I, I think I ended up um, actually breaking my foot at the end, towards the end of basic. I actually was never able to go through an actual graduation because I was in a cast. Oh, well, that's kind and of they would Yeah, they wouldn't let me actually march with the cast. So that was kind of disheartening for me. But, you know, like after you go through everything, you I, it, I didn't experience that like everybody else. Mm, as far as like the closure of boot camp, yeah, yeah. Were you there to watch? No, they wouldn't even let me do that. What? Yeah, that seems odd to me. It's just how they did. How they, you know, I I think it was they were more worried about my recovery or possibly of not recovering, oh. but I did. So you think they're protecting you in a way? Probably. Interesting. So what happens after boot camp? So I went to training. I I went to what they call AIT training, which is advanced incentive training. Training, and it's uh, I went to Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland, and so I went there with I think it was Marines, Coast Guard, Army, Air Force, like almost every branch you could think of. And I was in class with all branches for the same job. And that was to be a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And, and it was mostly like generators, air conditioners, like decontamination equipment. I mean, they have that same job in every branch, but it's different. Uh, MOS, they call it MOS, 
I don't remember the acronym name for that, mm. but yeah. Hmm. Is it pretty basic stuff for the most part or is it pretty complicated? Like I did technical and mechanical work. So I did like wiring and uh, schematics and mechanical like fixes. So like I learned all that. It's mm. kind of interesting. Were you interested in it before that or did you just kind of say, well, I might be able to do it. And no, I, I was, was really enough. Like uh, it's funny. Cause when I tested for ASVAB, that's one of the highest things that I tested for was like the mechanics. Like I, I, I'm just able to pick up on that. I, I'm a tinker, I guess. So cool. like, I like yeah. that word tinker. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that kind of thing. It's, and I like to learn that kind of thing. It was, I don't know, it, like the wiring and the schematics part of it was a little bit harder, but the mechanic stuff, like I totally just dived in. Did you just take off with it right mm -hmm. away? Was it, did it come pretty easy to you mm -hmm. then? Yeah. And how long were you there? I was there, um, I want to say six months, maybe less. And what happens after that? I went to Fort Stewart, Georgia. That's where I was stationed. It's one of the rapid deployment places. Uh, it used to be in Germany, actually. Fort Stewart used to be in Germany. No kidding. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, there's an actor, Audie Murphy. He was part of, uh, we were part of the 3rd Infantry Division, which is the, um, it's, we're the Marne Division. So, it used to be in Germany. I think it was the Marne River over in Germany. Hmm. But they were there when the Berlin Wall went up. Wow. Yeah. That's but crazy they ended up moving about. to the States. But the, the, there's an actor, Audie Murphy. He is the most decorated soldier in the, in the Army. And he was part of the 3rd Infantry Division. And you, can, if you should look him up because... He's kind of, he's really small, and you wouldn't think that he would be that decorated. Mm -hmm. But, like, he did insane things during the war, so. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in um, for the mechanic training, then you go to Georgia, and we're talking, I'm guessing, like, what, was that late 90s still? Or yes. was it, was it, two, it wasn't 2000 yet? Mm -mm. So we weren't quite there. So you go in in 98. Nine, I want to say it was like nine. Okay. Because so you go I, through boot camp in 98, right? Mm -hmm. You said kind of mid to. I want to say it was like late 98, early 99 is when I went to uh, AIT. And AIT was the mechanics training. And then when you go to Georgia, you said that was, uh, give it to me again, the rapid. Deployment. The deployment. So, Does that mean. So that means that if. They are constantly deploying overseas. And they could be going to anywhere. And if we're talking late 90s, at that point, there's not... I'm trying to think of exactly what was going on there because it wasn't 2001 yet. No, but the World Trade I went Centers. to Bosnia. I was deployed to Bosnia. Um, it was just after the major conflict. In Bosnia. Mm -hmm. I think that was 98. 96 to 98 and I was there in 99. Oh, what'd they send that you guys there to do? 
So we were there for as a peacekeeping mission, um, basically protecting uh, the people in Bosnia from... So the people in Bosnia were being killed because... And it was um, genocide, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, they were killing them because of their religion and trying to eliminate them by killing all the men and raping all the women. And... Yeah, and the crazy thing is that they, like, it's the Croatia, so it's former Yugoslavia, so Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, and Serbia. And they look exactly the same. (laughs) But yet they're trying to get rid of. Yes. A portion of society. Because of their religion. (sighs) And they were Orthodox Christian. That's who they were trying to get rid of. They were trying to get rid of Muslim. Oh, the Christians were trying to get rid of The Orthodox Christian um, people were trying to kill the Muslims and trying to eliminate, like, yeah. It was, was, for me, like, coming from a small town, like, I just couldn't believe. I think that kind of goes into, like, how I feel about what's going on today. Like, I, seeing this at such a young, I was 19. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it was I half your life ago. Yeah. I couldn't believe that these guys, they looked exactly the same. You could not tell one from the other. They just had a different religion. And they were being, you know, like, I don't know. It just made me realize, like, I am from America where people can have whatever religion they want. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Who was the leader at that time? Uh, Milosevic was the one who, like, initiated most. He was actually arrested and in prison. He he died in prison. And when I was there, they already had arrested him, but they were looking for Radovich, which was another Mm, major leader. That's right. And I remember seeing the cover of Time Magazine. I think mm -hmm. it was Time Magazine, one of those magazines. And I was going to UCC at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading the cover going, what is going on? I mean, it gives me the chills just now to think about it because me being at UCC at that time and you're over there, I mean, in 99 was when I was at UCC, mm-hmm. you know, or going to UCC and it's just crazy to think about yeah. like you, you went over there and we're seeing it with your own eyes. Yeah. And you know, like I remember there was like this castle we went to, um, and when I walked in, like the, there was like a whole bunch of people that were killed there and I remember walking in and like the hairs on the back of your neck like stand up and you just feel really s- sick because like the energy in there was just like intense you just feel like you're and in I had a to walk place. out I had to walk out Ugh. especially yeah. if you're someone who really believes in that kind of stuff energy and whether it's positive or negative mm-hmm. I know that I do and and uh, obviously you do too and when you feel something like that, it's uh well, you know, when this, the moment I stepped off the plane in that country, like it just, it, it smelled like death, but there was no smell. If that makes any sense, like it just, you could feel it. The moment you step off the plane, it was very dark. And what's crazy is, um, it even just looks dark there because I mean, a lot of people don't have cars. A lot of people there are poor. They 
their bathrooms are holes in the floor. Mm. A lot of them don't have windows. They cook their meals on a spit. Horse and buggy, like third world. And you only have a car if you're a diplomat. So it's easy to spot who the diplomats are then. Yes. And even like, so even the camp that I was on was owned by a local guy. And even he, they, I, I don't even think that they probably paid him very much, but he rode around in a horse and buggy. And he, and <laughs> I just think it's crazy that, you know, like someone like, and he was very humble. He was very sweet. I remember him coming up to me specifically and he was like, oh, you know, like he, they try to communicate as much in English as they can. But um, he kept on trying to give me like gifts because he, uh, one of the interpreters said that I looked like his daughter, but she had died during the conflict. She, um, but unfortunately a lot of them, they fertilize like food and fruits and vegetables in their gardens and stuff for their own feces because they don't, sometimes don't have horses or cows or whatever to fertilize and Mm -hmm. so you can't accept any like fruit and stuff because you don't know if it's contaminated because they're i mean it's the third world yeah they're just doing whatever they Mm -hmm. can to get by but honestly like we would have people that would come on the camp local people they would work in the laundry room they would work in the kitchen they would work um kind of cleaning the bathrooms and stuff like that and a lot of them, you know, you have to search them as they come on, onto the camp, and you have to, like, use a metal detector to make sure that they don't have anything. And a lot of them want to give you things just because they're so grateful, I mean, for a job. Because most of them are so poor that they can't support their families, so... hmm Yeah. But, I don't know, it's kind of interesting for me, like coming from a country where in reality all of us even people who aren't so well off have way more than they do Mm -hmm. like it's something that really kind of got to me like i it made me realize that i'm so grateful that we're, we're born here isn't that something to think about right now yeah and i with everything going on like i feel like some people forget the the benefit of being born in America. Yeah. And and that's something I was going to get to later, but I mean, it definitely fits in the conversation right now. And I, I know that I saw you post something earlier this week about, you know, what's going on up in Portland. And I, and I just watch and I see people that want to just destroy everything that we know. Mm -hmm. And, I can't imagine what that must be like. I know what I feel as someone who never served in the military has never seen that with my own eyes. And I haven't even seen the worst parts of America. You know, I've done some traveling. I've seen some rough neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. but I haven't spent much time there. I was passing through to get somewhere else. And so for someone like yourself and other people that I've had over here who have been overseas and served in military and seen some of that stuff, 
I know it especially, you know, breaks their heart because they know what they've seen and they know what they've done to protect what we have here. Yeah, and I feel like uh, people are forgetting, you know, like, I mean, I I feel America still has a long way to go because even in Georgia, they had, um, like, I won't say the town because it's not too far from the military base, but um, I know in early 2000s there's a town about 20 minutes from the, the army base that has signs in their stores in their windows that say no blacks allowed and it's not very far from the base and you have soldiers who are black mexican asian you know like they're american mm-hmm and they're serving their country and they can't even go there with possibility of being like beat up or killed or whatever. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Yeah. And you'd hope that, excuse me, 20 years later, because you mentioned early two thousands that things are different. I don't know if they are or not. I don't think they are. And it's sad. It's sad for me only because, you know, there's people who I served in the military with that are forever my friends. And to some people, they aren't equal. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. I've, I mean, I've been to countries where things, where people weren't equal and they died. And it's happening here just in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's such a strange thing to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I just get stuck it's in senseless. neutral thinking about it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense one way or the other, you know, because just night before last up in Portland, there's videos all over the internet of the guy sitting in the middle of the street and just getting attacked, mm-hmm. you know, getting kicked in the head. And he's totally submissive saying, what do I need to do? Can I look at my phone? And, just the way people are treating people when you have people like yourself that went to third world countries to try and help other people, or there's other people who have served who have gone to Iraq and Afghanistan and all these places Mm -hmm. to protect what we have. And we can't civilly figure out how to To come together. together. Like how do we come together? And I, it it really, it, I, it affects me so much that like that, Sometimes I can't even talk about it. <laughs> mm. Like it, it, like people sometimes even misconstrue like my views because I'm very open-minded because of what I've seen and where I've gone. But um, I feel like we can't, like we're in a day and age that we can't be, we can't do this to anybody. Like I feel like it's, it's against what at least I fought for mm-hmm. where what I did for the you know where I went, what I did, you know places that I've gone joined the military like I just think it just makes me sick sometimes well, hopefully, as I was telling Noah on Sunday that that pendulum somehow finds the middle you know mm-hmm. stopping point right you know, you know and, like and i don't think you forth. can condemn like 
like I don't see where we can condemn anyone honestly at this point like things just need to be fixed I think that people um I think I, I posted something on Facebook about you know like all these people dying out of violence either it be from cops from people from gangs from whatever like it's all senseless the only what what's really sad about it is that you know their family members are not going to see them again mm-hmm. and that's like the saddest part that people are just not going to like that isn't big enough for them like that's not serious enough for them to like change do you think it has that much more of an impact on you because you talked about like your mom passing away and not having closure and so that losing someone you kind of know what that feels like i've lost a lot of people in my life either by suicide for from natural causes and you know like when you lose somebody, it leaves a hole, regardless of who, who and what and, or why. And I think that we lose sight of that part of it. Like, a person is dying from violence. And I don't think that people are really actually looking at it that way. I think they're only looking at it from a politics point, mm-hmm. from a monetary point. They're not looking at it just as a personal point. Yeah, it's like dehumanized. Yeah. And it's on so many different levels, mm-hmm. whether it is political or social. And like you said, there's the whole money aspect too, where there's so many things, especially in this country, that are driven by money mm-hmm. that people will stop at nothing in order to make the dollar. Yeah. When at the end of the day, the dollar really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need it to buy food and all that stuff, but you can, it's like the root of all evil, but we need it to live. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's people who are out there saying, you know, when people talk about socialism, uh, it sounds like a decent concept to some, Yeah. but then you're, there's issues with that come with that. You know, when it comes to capitalism, there's issues, you know, and then socialism, there's issues. And it's just, it just seems like there's no, yeah, we, winning's we, we not just, the right word, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no solution. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of disheartening, like coming from, like, I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Mm-mm. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, definitely not. And, you know, sitting here just talking about these things, hopefully gets one more person to go, well, I never really looked at something like that, you know, don't know if it will or not, but yeah, I just, I, I think that we just need to start looking at people as like every person is a person. It's not, it's not, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what your financial status is it doesn't matter like you're a citizen of america you're a citizen you know like you're in this world for a reason but yeah even if you're not a citizen like people are still people yeah it's kind of it's just something that after my experience in the military after experiencing that like seeing 
at such a young age that people were being killed because of their religion or, you know, just because they weren't that another, you know, a person. Same goes with discrimination, you know, like I, it's just for me, it, excuse me, I burped. <laughs> um, Your excuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain like exactly how I feel about that. Like I just, it makes me mad sometimes. I agree. I and just it's, like, why can't we just all be nice? And it, it's, you know, there's a, there's a guy that I listen to. Um, his name is brother Ali and he, there's a song that he calls it's, well, one of the quotes in the song is like, um, we aren't using our hearts what the hearts are for. Good one. And it's true. Yeah. It's easy to be selfish and it's easy to be closed minded. People are scared, I think. I think that's what it is. I think people are scared to put themselves out there mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And yeah. it could have been, a lot of it's probably how they were brought up, you know, how they were raised. And so true. they think, okay, or this is Or even a just, lack of knowledge even. Yeah, yeah. But when you open yourself up, you start to discover new things, mm-hmm. not a bad thing. And uh, you can get to know some really nice people that you probably wouldn't have. Yeah. So, you know, like the, the people like, especially like in Bosnia, like they would have given the clothes off their back for you. They would have given their last daily bread for you. Like they were that grateful. Never seen so like some people so gracious and they were like gracious for their li- like for their lives. It was eye-opening. I mean, I, I, like, I remember it was just, like, sometimes, like, some of them, like, would, even the children, like, they just want to be, they just want to tell you thank you. They just want, of course, they also want Coca-Cola and candy, but. (laughs) (laughs) Gum. (laughs) Maybe a sucker. (laughs) But, like, they, yeah, it's just, you know, and, like, I would, because I was a mechanic, I would go out with people out on um, patrol and stuff. And so we would go like into Serbia and we would go into other areas. And, you know, honestly, in Bosnia, it was fairly peaceful. And then when you go elsewhere, it was like you had to have your weapon, your locked and cocked and ready to rock, what they call that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. How long were you over there? Um, I think it was eight months, maybe a little longer. And cause when I came back, I was 20. So. Was that the only overseas mission you had to do? Mm-hmm. And how much longer did you stay in the military? I stayed. So I stayed till 2001. Mm. Um, I wasn't allowed to reenlist cause I got hurt. Um, they would not let me reenlist. Did you want to? Mm-hmm. I was actually already reenlisted, and they sent me a telegram saying that my reenlistment was canceled due to medical reasons. And I got out ten days before September 11th. <sighs> and I almost flew that day. And I, I don't know why I changed. 
but I could have easily have been on one of those flights. Really? Um, I changed my flights to September 2nd and ended up flying home. And yeah, so I was supposed to fly out originally September 11th. And military discount flights, you have a lot of connections. Like, so I would have flown from Savannah, Georgia to Washington, D.C., from Washington, D.C. to Chicago, and from Chicago to LAX. So I could have easily been on one of those flights Mm -hmm. when that happened. And when it happened, I was, like, freaking out because it could have easily have been me on any of those flights that went down. Yeah. That's a lot in about one minute, what you just said there. Yeah. You know, when you think about it from wanting to reenlist to getting, were you medically discharged? I wasn't medically discharged. Um, How does that work? Yeah, it happens. I, (laughs) they effed me. (laughs) You can say it. I checked the E on this one. If you want, if you want to say the whole word, you can. Oh, they fucked me over. (laughs) There you go. See, it felt good, didn't it? Uh, I did eventually get my disability though. Good for you. Yeah, they uh, eventually finally. Well, if they uh, say 2013. It took 12 years. Mm-hmm. So, do you get any back um, pay they, disability? Or? They said they couldn't find my records. <laughs> Ugh. This is the ugly part of the government that I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a hater on all things government like some people are, but there's some things that yeah. just really piss me off. And it's well, stuff like and, that. And I hate to say it, but um, it doesn't help that I was a woman. Really? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, at that time... When it was you, really hard. When you, yeah, what but was that like? But at the same time, I, I, since I was a mechanic, it's a little bit different. I was attached to an all-male unit. You're like, I'm fixing your shit, okay? And so I, don't and mess I with did, me. And, and so a lot of the... Armor unit guys had what they call a hard top Humvees. So the back of the Humvee is like hard, but it also has AC. And I fixed fix the AC. So they learned real quick that I, I, I was the only one that could fit in between the wheel well and the front of the Humvee to fix the AC. Ah. So they learned real quick that I was valuable <laughs> yeah just a little bit huh yeah. yeah and you know like a lot of it's funny because a lot of them i still talk to and like they didn't think anything they didn't think any less of me though. so that that's was, good yeah so there just wasn't very many females i think on my on my camp when i was in bosnia there was only eight and how many and and most of them were interpreters, and they was, were actually Bosnian. Oh wow! Yeah, I was gonna ask you how many female mechanics? One. Uh, two. Two. Okay. That's awesome, though. I mean, aside from the but fact like that, they, like, they, um, for the most part, most of people, most of the guys I knew were, like, they, I was like their little sister because a lot of them were older than me. I mean. I was 19, fairly, right? Yeah, yeah. Young. 
Yeah. Hmm. Man, well, that's good that you end up getting it eventually. I guess late is better than never, but yeah. Yeah, but the whole whole thing when I got out and then almost flew, like it was like it like there was a reason I wasn't on that plane, obviously. Like I, there was a reason why I changed. Mhm. And uh, and like we were talking about, you know, like energy and that kind of thing, like it I wasn't supposed to be on those planes. Mhm. On that day, obviously. Yeah, I have an interesting story about the night before. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast, but I guess now is as good a time as any. But my roommate had this book called Bible Codes and not getting into anyone's beliefs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But basically, this book is all about um, these this formula and these codes that pull stuff out of the Bible, like basically a preview of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he had loaned it to me and insisted that I read it. And I read it. And it kind of tripped me out, not in a bad way, but I'm like, whoa, like if this is a real thing, it's predicted like all of these major events. And so we're over at the neighbor's house having a couple of cold beers on a weeknight, probably Mm -hmm. up later than we should. And we start talking with the girls and they're watching Golden Girls. We start talking about Bible codes and there's a couple of us guys and the girls and they, um, like, what are you guys talking about? When I go, we're talking about this book and whatever. And then we started talking about like Bill Clinton for some reason and where our standing in the world is. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, and my, my friend, um, said who he always called stuff. Mark McGuire's going to hit three home runs tomorrow. It would happen. I mean, he was just that guy. And he's like, he goes, we're going to get hit soon He goes, I can just feel it. I know we're going to get hit. We're going to get punched in the mouth. I'm like, and I I remember like it was yesterday saying, I don't know if like soon I could see it happening eventually. So we had this spirited discussion amongst us guys again after a couple of cold ones. Mm -hmm. And finally I was like, you know what? I got to, I got to go to bed. Like I got to get up and work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've had enough of this. I went to bed and I'll never forget my roommate waking me up. And saying, you got to see this. One of the Twin Towers just hit the ground. Like, they either bombed it or something. And I ran downstairs and walked her, you know, ran around the corner as the second one came crumbling down. And I was like, I am hallucinating right now. I am hallucinating or I'm having a nightmare. One of the two. Yeah. And it it wasn't. It really really happened. And I remember standing there going, holy shit, we talked about this last night. Like we literally talked about this. And when I woke up my roommate mm-hmm. to tell him the one that called yeah. it, he's like, what do you think? He said, stop fucking with me. Rolled over and tried to go back to me. I'm like, you don't understand. You called it. And it was, the, it was strange. And so anyway, yeah, sorry for interrupting you. No, it's quick. like, yeah, no, it, um, I, I remember I, I was shaking when I found out like I, cause only, I think for me, um, the fact that I was supposed to fly that day was even worse for me because, like, I, it could have been me. It could a million have, I could what have ifs, been, right? Yeah. Because cause one of those flights was from Washington, D.C. to Chicago. Is that the one that went down in Pennsylvania? Yeah. And then one of them was from the Chicago to LAX or whatever. I Or, like, it was that was the direction it was going. And it could, like, I could have been on that plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it. At that point, were you, 
not in that moment, but eventually once you kind of, you know, calm down some after realizing what had happened, were you one of those people who wishes that you would have been enabled to re-enlist or were you kind of glad that you weren't going to have to be a part of Kind of, of both, only because, um, like, I wanted to re-enlist. I, I, mean, I, I had not re-enlisted for, I think it was four years. And... Um, I don't know. I, I would my unit that I was would have been with got deployed to Iraq. So I mean, maybe in the cards it just wasn't supposed to be. Clearly, wasn't was it? Mm-hmm. That's heavy. Yeah, and yeah, because yeah, the unit I would would have been deployed. I mean, I would have went to did and a lot of them didn't come back a lot of them yeah and that's kind of hard i mean that part you know it's like especially now yeah i would imagine again i'm, I'm mm-hmm. speculating because i i wasn't in service but seeing what we've seen and knowing what we know now again hindsight is not really fair mm-hmm. but i would imagine it makes it even harder seeing a lot of people lose their lives yeah and and what we participated in and and i'm not anti-military or anything i'm just saying when you when you kind of get to dissect it a little bit more you go huh well like it cut it what was the real cost and that's the thing is it may have cost us lots of money but it cost a lot of people lives mm-hmm. and could it have been prevented we don't know yeah. So you're home mm-hmm. when you're out I've and, been all, out for a long and time, all yeah. that happened. And where do you go from there? I went to school for a little while. I, uh, I, I wanted to be actually a forensic pathologist cause like, I'm kind of obsessed with crime stuff. <laughs> But I um, chose not to only because it was you kind of had to get a doctorate kind of to, you kind of have to be a doctor to do that and I, I wasn't into that but I went to UCC also for a little while Harvard on the hill yeah <laughs> I um, actually went to college um, I just went to get my associate of arts transfer and I ended up getting a student of the year for drawing because I'm an artist. And my reward was I got to uh, manage the uh, help with the art gallery for UCC. So any kind of art gallery showings, I was able to um, help either put up the art, uh, manage the uh, openings and stuff like that. And I also got a scholarship. So that was really fun. It was actually, you know, like one of, and it's funny because one of the, one of the um, pieces that we did was the local National Guard guys, like things that they had either collected or um, like pictures or whatever that they took over there mm-hmm. we were able to show and one of them was 
actually in an accident and was hurt. And he actually was my best friend's husband. So that was kind of interesting for me to kind of help, like, showcase that. Like, showcase his, um, like, like his unit and um, some of the things that he experienced and was able to recover from. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, because not everyone is, is that lucky. Mm-mm. Yeah. And, you know, like he... Um, the some of the things that people like collected like things that they bought uh, I think one of the guys like had like some of the scarves you know that you could buy there or even some of the art some of the tapestries and some of the rugs like the prayer rugs and stuff like that um, we were able to showcase some of those too so it was just interesting. I um, helped showcase a lot of local artists, which were, you know, for me being an artist, I think it's cool to um, be able to praise local people and their art. I think one of the people that we had was one of the Pappas. I forget her name. Oh, really? Yeah, she, uh, Nick Pappas's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's something that I really was passionate about. And it, when I do eventually go back to school, my dream job would be um, helping children um, overcome, like, either troubled children or children who are in the system overcome through art. That's my actual dream job wouldn't that be something yeah like can you think about how many opportunities are out there like that i would guess not a lot i mean there's a psychological aspect of that but i think a lot of kids especially ones who are troubled they do express themselves through art so Mm -hmm. like how do you make the connection as far as like what does that job look like Mm -hmm. because it's probably emotional. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And challenging, right? Mm-hmm. I had to let it out. Excuse me. I thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> you didn't leave me out. <laughs> Excuse me. That's, man, that was rude. I was busy like shaking my can going, I might have to get that other one you brought me here in a second. Peach Maiden in the Shade. And that's your favorite? That's my absolute favorite. I was like, you have it then. You brought (laughs) it to me as a gift. So are you good? Are you Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Do you mind if I grab something else? Go ahead. I might save the the gift for later, but hold on a second. And I'm gonna smack this fly. (laughs) Piss me off. Sure you're good? Yep, I'm good. I still have Okay, good. So back to this art thing. You got me thinking, like, how do you like, where do you find a position like that? Are they out there? Or is this something I would you, gotta, think they are. you have to create, like, your own nonprofit to <laughs> Maybe I should like, just bridge do it. the gap? I know, because yeah, I'm really, it. I like when people, and Noah was just saying how cliche outside the box is, but you got to, like, know, something that like, I've gotta, really been thinking about. Okay, so. so 
you're an energy person, right? You're mm-hmm. talking about Bosnia and you can feel the negative energy. So you start putting the positive energy out there mm-hmm. and uh, just go for it and see what happens. And maybe even as a side project to start yeah. with, which would mean some time, you know. Some. I thought about going to the, was it Casa Berlin in Rosberg? I haven't lived there in a while, so I couldn't tell you. Well, it's a, um, it's a, it's only for teens and children. Like it's a, like a shelter kind of, I thought about inquiring what just maybe getting involved at least. Yeah. Cause it's something that I'm really like, I don't know. You should do it. Kids need positive positivity. And I think humans in general most of that starts when you're a child mm-hmm. i think that good humans have good childhoods you know not and, that you can't if you don't but yeah. it's a lot harder yeah i to think do that, so i think that good parenting or grandparenting in my case um really help people become good humans i guess mm-hmm well, and I need to add that that's the first time I've ever hit one in the recycle can, throwing oh, it over my go. shoulder. So I think it's a good sign. Yeah. All signs are pointing in the right direction yeah, I for like this. It. Okay. Yeah. That's why I threw it right in the middle of you talking. But uh, yeah. And who knows where that leads you? You never know what could develop I after just, that. I just feel there's, there is a lot of people out there, especially young people that are in, like in the system who just need somebody to care. Mm-hmm. And if they it's need something one person, like that, one person yeah. to give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's that it may be drawing. And before you know it, they're a tattoo artist. Yeah. So I'm admiring the beautiful images on your arms. Yeah, I've got quite a few. They're awesome. Did you draw those? I didn't draw them. None of them? Um, I drew a couple. Okay. But um, Justin Nunnemaker from um, Jackson Street Tattoo did most of mine. Gotcha. Uh, he's pretty good, by the way. And he um, came up with the designs for all of them. Mm-hmm. And some of them I like kind of copied from other pictures, but changed things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have the um, the uh, Mexican Day of the Dead skull with Belen, which is my my grandmother on my dad's side. Her name is Belen, which is Bethlehem in Spanish. Uh, she died of breast cancer. Uh, while I was in basic, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And um, I have a beer tattoo. Oh, a, well, it's, beer. It's a heart with flames, a flower. Is it 12 ounce? No, it says beer, exclamation point, question mark, like beer. Oh, okay, there it is. It almost looked like a 12 with the exclamation yeah. point and the question mark from my vantage point. Uh, yeah, um, so love beer. Nice. And I have a little army girl oh, smoking yeah. a cigarette. Oh, I don't smoke, girl. but I liked it. We're not judging, even if you do. <laughs> and you can keep going. I'm enjoying you describing. I got my punk Betty Boop um, with the uh, Guadalupe background and a bearded lady with... Um, a tiger with her handler with the handler's arm in his mouth <laughs> and that was pre tiger king by yes, the way yes. i might add yes <laughs> she was ahead of the curve on that one <laughs> and i have one for my grandpa who passed away a couple years ago 
Um, it says Grandpa Leo. His name was Neil, but we preferred he preferred Leo, and he was a Leo. But it's a can of sardines because he loved sardines. Like, <laughs> crackers or no? Like he just loves canned sardines. Just to eat the sardines. Yeah, he kept them all the time. <laughs> Don't those kind of stink? They, uh, hey, you know what? When I was a kid, I thought I was really cool <laughs> eating those with him, but they're gross. <laughs> well, I mean, there's something cool about you eating sardines with your grandpa. Right. Eating sardines by yourself, eh, not quite uh, as he, cool. He, yeah, yeah, he just loves those things. Yeah. But he liked canned goods, but I think a lot of it had to do with his age. I mean, he was 80, 82, I think, 80. He was in his 80s when he passed away. That's a pretty good run. Yeah. But, yeah. And he would be pretty proud of this tattoo. Yeah? <laughs> he liked my tattoos. He, uh, for his age, was not judgmental about them. And, and was this the grandpa that raised you? Yeah. Okay. And he was always asking me if I had new ones. <laughs> that great. Yeah. That's one of the things I wanted to do coming out of quarantine and it's going to happen because I'd always wonder like, what do I want? What do I want to do? And your the artwork that you have is amazing. Um, but yeah, I think I've narrowed it down to what the first one's going to be. And someone's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you should do that much, but I want to get the kids footprint from when they were born, oh, like all five of them. And it's going to say, follow your path, but it's going to have their, basically it'll be footsteps. So I'm going to put their feet together, like one left, one right, one left, one right. And oh, then that's, it's odd that's numbers because cool. it's five. Well, and it's sentimental. Like, yeah, it's your kids. And then someone said I should have them write their name at a certain age, like add that later. Like obviously put them in an order where I know which ones they are and then put their name. So once they can draw their name oh, that's or good write idea. their name below it or above like it, it or whatever next to it. But then incorporating something else, because just feet by itself, maybe it needs to be a, not the yellow brick road, but, you know, a path. I don't know. I don't know. You could do flowers, like their birth flower, maybe. I don't know. You could do that. It's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I'm open. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Make it like footstooled. I mean, like, uh, you know, like the garden, like, rock, like foot. Oh, yeah. Like stones. Like a foot, yeah, a stepping stone type thing. That would be That'd cool. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, see, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then from there, it can just, you know, evolve to even more, or that can just be one one side. And yeah. Oh, I like that idea. Well, you know, and, and your kids, is that's cool. I like that. Yeah, they're that's rascals. I'm surprised, honestly, that we haven't seen them or heard them, because oh. the garage door's open, and Preston was out here just like he was Sunday with Noah, but... Mom made him go inside with my help or encouragement. And, uh, but he's it's hot. That's probably yeah. why they're probably like, no way. Well, they wanted to get in the, they wanted me to get in the pool, but I need to set the stuff up. And then I'm like, well, I guess I get in there real quick. But then like, I didn't want to, eh, you know, he's mm-hmm. getting out of the pool and then get in here. So depending on, I would say they're probably in bed by now, but yeah, they, they love to jump in that pool and it's three feet of glory (laughs) (laughs) the joys of being a kid right i I mean i i honestly wish i mean it's like looking back like you had no cares you had no fears 
you had literally like you just had to be a kid and in a different time for us my friend michael shout out to michael campbell who's been on two episodes and uh he was talking i think it was him I'm giving him credit either way if it wasn't him, but <laughs> talked about like us having like, we were like kind of the last generation oh, yeah. that didn't have, I got a phone when I got out of high school. Yeah. I didn't have a cell phone or anything until when you got I back, in, maybe when or, I was in the military. Yeah. yeah. I've had the same phone number actually since. Really? Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> I've had the same phone number. Yeah. That's crazy. So is it an Oregon area yeah. code? So you got mm-hmm. it when you got home or left? Well, I, I got there? it. I got it when I was in Georgia, but I I got an actual Oregon number so that it wouldn't be long distance from my grandmother. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Did your grandma drive school bus? She used to. Right? Yeah. I'm just, I was racking my brain. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm pretty she sure she was like drove. a substitute driver. Yeah. She's tall, too. She was kind of scary. <laughs> like, she was 5'11 and, you know, broad shoulders. Yeah. She was just a, She's she that was a, tall, huh? She was a big lady. She's great, though. Like, yeah, she, I was she, trying to rack my brain to think of some memories. And her. she works. She still It's funny because right now she still works at the senior center down in Glendale. How old is she? She's in her 80s. Okay. Yeah, she quilts and cooks meals and yeah, she's she's still pretty sharp. She just had knee surgeries too and So is she on the lower or upper side of 80s? Lower side. Okay. So like my grandma and grandpa are 81, going to mm-hmm. be 82 soon. Yeah, I, I think they're a little older than okay. your grandparents, but Yeah, and they're still as a Matter of fact, my grandpa called me this morning when I was talking about something on the morning show. Now, you tell me what you think about this. As a female, okay. this is what happens last night. <laughs> okay, My wife throws some steak in a cast iron frying pan. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was really good. She did some um, sweet potatoes, like cut them into cubes and put them in the oven with some salt and pepper and some oil. Mm-hmm. They were good. And I'm cleaning up you know, the mess and getting the dishes put away. And that's kind of my tasking, rinsing them off. And I walk back and she's in the hallway. She goes, you know, I think I'm a pretty decent cook. And I said, you're definitely above average. She was setting you up for failure. <laughs> yeah. It's horse shit. Talked about on the morning show. People were calling in. My grandpa calls me on my cell phone. We're still on the air. He's calling. He's like, you, I should have taught you better than whatever. I'm like, here's, well, the, here's the way I look at it. Like you kind of, Opened yourself up for that one. I should have just said it was great. You're a yeah. great cook, which is what I meant. But what I said was, and people keep, or kept spinning my words this morning. They said, you said just above average. And I said, no, definitely above average, which definitely to me, that's above different. Above average is to me a compliment. Uh, okay. But, but I think that. Um, I missed an opportunity to really. To really shine. Yeah, I could have shined. Yeah. Instead, I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> but I was looking at... And but, I exp- but at the same time, at the same time, because I'm, I'm an open-minded person. Um, Thank you. I you appreciate could, that. You kind... She kind of opened it up at the same time, like for... What I tried to tell her is, 
to me, a four, five-point system. One is terrible. Two is fair. Three is average. Four is above average. Five is great. And my response to her was, do you feel like you could be a celebrity chef in Las Vegas? And she said, no. And I said, well, there you go. That's a five. A four is above average, which would be really good. Well, I like that. Like a B plus or an A minus. I like your I actually thought about it. I like your analysis. Thank you. And I wouldn't have been offended by that. And I'm sorry that she did. I think she just wanted to give me a hard time. That's what it, I'm saying. Like, it, you never it, know. Like, I think that she might have opened that up for yeah, you to, yeah. to fail there. And we've circled back around on it tonight. She's like, something about, well, I just got to figure out what average meal I'm going to cook tonight. And I said, that's bullshit. I said, definitely above average. Okay. We end up ordering Abby's. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a really good steak, too. But she knows. I even texted her this morning. I said. That's good. I just want you to know, that, you know it was meant as a compliment. And it wasn't insulting. Exactly. So <laughs> you can you can tell it's still rolling around I up know. here in the empty space up in my head. Well, I I know you well enough that you're not an insulter, so I try not to be. But we all have our moments, but <laughs> I don't know. You know, I just uh I don't know where it comes from. Like curiosity and being open-minded i don't know or at least i'd like to think that i am and i think that you are like you always have been though like growing up like i think i think i saw you a few years ago and you were like i always wondered like what you were doing and like there's only like honestly there was only a few people that i was like really inquiring like what they were up to and you were one of them wade was one of them and um because a lot of some people I like stayed in contact with, but there are people that you know, like you grow up with, that kind of leave impacts. And you were always really open-minded. You got along with everybody. It didn't matter who, because um, you know, in high school there's always cliques. Mm-hmm. But you didn't really see that. I don't think. Like I never got that from you. But your whole family was like that. Mm-hmm. I was lucky. Very like your b- both of your sisters are amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one, the older sister that was on the podcast, Kim, was episode thirty-three. Yeah, I love that one. By the way, that's probably one of the best ones. And I'm biased, but holy crap, know. it made me cry. Me too, as you could probably tell. Yeah. Um, at some point I'm gonna have her back over because there's some stuff we kind of left out, and I'm like, gosh, I listened back, and I'm like, if you weren't. A part of it you may not know, but then people I think figured it out. But mm-hmm. she, uh, yeah, she definitely had an interesting well, and story. I, to and tell. it's funny because now I work. Bethany actually works with me. Really? Yeah. So for those of you listening right now, Jackie and I are having an inside conversation about a few people. Um, but Bethany is married to. Um, right. If you listen to the podcast with Kim Nichols, my sister, that's her. Would have been her sister-in-law, yeah. right? So she married Ray and Ray and Bo, who were passed twins. away in the accident, were twins. And uh, that was my sister's fiance that got killed in the car accident. And if you missed the episode and you're listening to this one, you should listen to it because it was really good. Oh, man. Grab it made me tissue. cry. <laughs> um, it, but it was good for her. You know, it was really mm-hmm. good for her and talked about some different things that have happened with us. Well, and, and her her conversation about the stepchild... Like, that really got to me, too, because um, Jesse, my significant other, 
um, had a daughter. And um, I had was... Had or has? Still has? Has, yes. Okay, good. I just yeah. wanted to make sure that... Well, like, growing up, you know, like, and I have dealt with the whole stepchild um, scenario, and um, Sunshine is her name. She... Um, has been in my life since she was three years old. She is now 20. Go for it. Yeah. She is... Um, it was a, It was something that... Kind of a similar situation that Kim had where she wanted to um, be... She wanted to tell me that she loved me and she wanted to call me like mom. And I actually was very upfront with her at a young age and told her that she had a mom that loved her and that she could call me whatever she wanted and it was kind of our our little pet name and so she for the longest time called me her Jackie and she uh yeah and her and I are really close still now I'm glad you brought that up because I've had a handful of people reach out to me just to bring that up specifically. Mm-hmm. And at the time of the podcast, there was a lot of other things in there that were very emotional. And so that wasn't on the top of my radar, but it's probably been the thing that people have mentioned the most. Yeah. It came from that. Um, and so Sunshine, um, my nickname for her is Sunny B. And she is a really sweet kid. And yeah. Her and I are still very close. That's great. And she moved to Texas recently. And she's going to college and living her life. But, yeah, she uh, she's a good kid. So I want to ask you a question. If you don't answer it, that's fine. And I think you and I talked about this, but I don't remember the answer. But you ended up with a significant other. Oh, yeah. That we went to school with a long time ago. He went to grade school with us. Yeah. And then moved? Did he move? Yeah, he moved to Ashland. Okay. Yeah. So he went to, we were in second grade and he was in third grade. Yeah. Because he was in Kim's class or in Kim's grade. Yeah. My older sister who was a grade ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Glendale with us. And so how did you. So I met him at, (laughs) I met him at a bar. (laughs) Just randomly? Yeah, and it's funny because I was eyeing him for like two weeks and I was like... At the bar? At the bar, and I was like, okay. And I finally went and talked to him. Did you know it was him? Well, I always thought he looked familiar. But you couldn't place him? No. This is amazing. This is why I asked you. uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, and he tells me his name and I was like, oh my gosh. Now, did he say his full name or did he just say his first name? He said his full name and I was like, I totally know this guy. (laughs) <laughs> did he make a connection or he didn't? Know um, he, not right away. Because sometimes you or I or anyone will remember someone better than they remember us. Mm-hmm. And is I that remember the case? him because he, I remember him because, uh, well, we had that year grade school yearbook mm-hmm. and I remember him. I remember him on the playground and he was always really shy. I'm not shy though. I've never been shy. And it's funny cause I went and talked to him <laughs> When I'm, you know, at the bar. But it's funny because him and I now have been together. So she, yeah, like close to 17 years. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he remembered, like he knows. So all was that right after you got back? Uh, no. Like a couple it was years, 2005. 
four, five. Okay. So it was when I was in college. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that you go to the bar? You in Roseburg at the time? Yeah. I'm was, prying it, now. It was but actually just... Yogi's before it was a strip club. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Did I know it was a strip club? Yeah. It was. Now, at hold one on point. a second. So you're talking about, oh, that was after I left there, though, because I was up there. I was in Roseburg while you were yes. in Bosnia, basically. So I, I do know that you were, I think you were in Medford. What, Medford? Grants Pass, probably, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I moved down here in 2001, in April of 2001. Yeah. Worked there until July. No. I do remember hearing you on the radio, but I don't, I didn't know where you, you know, where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, so random. Yeah, it's funny because like he knows like um, he knows like almost all the people that we went to school with. Well, he should. He went to school with us. Yeah, like, even though it was only a couple. I mean, years. a lot of us went to from. Yeah, I, mean, I remember him. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it cracks me up. Every How's he time. doing? Is he doing good? Yeah, he's doing good. He works at the hospital. That's right. He loves it. What does he's he do there? He's a distribution tech for the heart center, and he uh, is the only one who does his job. That's Which some job he, security right, right there. Right there. He, he loves it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. What didn't we cover? Um, when you came all this way, I feel like there might be something else. Anything else? You have any questions you want to ask me? I feel like I've asked you quite a few already. I know. I don't know. <laughs> What do you do? I am kind of bummed that this whole COVID thing, I don't get to see concerts. Oh, yeah. Because you're like a big. I love I go to concerts all the time. Now, you're a big concert fan, and so am I. But you go to different concerts than I go to. I do. Because you like. Let me see if I can guess one of the artists. It's like Pennywise or something. I love Pennywise. I saw them. them. (laughs) I saw them in Portland fairly recently. Yeah. I know you did. I creeped your Facebook. Yeah. It was fun. Um, Who's your favorite? My favorite band, th- my favorite concert I've ever been. Well, there's a difference between favorite band and favorite concert because your favorite band might t- not put on the best concert. Uh, that's true. So it can be. That's true. It could be the same. Um, well, my favorite concert would be Social D. Okay. I saw them in Ashland uh, a couple years ago, and I saw them with Low Cut Connie and. I have no idea who that Aaron, is. But I was keeping track at home. Uh, not Aaron. Um, something Sav Jan. And it was really good. And But I like I like all kinds of music. But I am partial to like Pumpkin. And uh, like I like Rockabilly. Like uh, I saw um, Reverend Horton Heat. I don't know if you know who they are. Nope. But they're... <laughs> Should check them out because they're pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I saw them. Oh, she's and, wearing a Motorhead shirt. Yeah, I love Motorhead. I w- I wish I could have seen that before he passed away. Yeah, Lemmy, he passed away, and um, I saw. I've seen all kinds of bands. I saw Rage Against the Machine, Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> and Anti Flag in Georgia. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Uh, that was like, yeah, that was when I was in the military. So, um, yeah, I I think the band, 
My favorite band, though, would have to be Social D. Yeah. Yeah. He And I share a birthday with the lead singer. So that's kind of cool. Maybe that's the, the deep connection. Yeah. Yeah. So what... What's your favorite band? Oh, man. I don't know. I... I've bounced all over. I've gone through phases. Cause I, I know went, you like country, though. Well, and I'm in country now. Right? I've been in country for years. But I'm always up for... Well, I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers three mm, times that'd be a good one. in one year. San Diego, Portland, and I saw them when they opened the Experience Music Project oh, wow. Museum in Seattle, and they played at Husky Stadium. And they played with Filter. Oh, wow. Um... Kid That's Rock, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Ooh. Chili Peppers, and Metallica was the headliner. And one wow. that was one night. That's and cool. at the time, Filter That's had the world insane. record for loudest concert ever with Hey Man, Nice Shot. Mm-hmm. And so we got to see Filter sing that song as the sun was setting in Husky Stadium oh over gosh. the lake. And then Metallica closed it out but with Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop like wow. that was the heyday of all like that was right when all of them you know they were all just tearing it up. Wow, that's crazy. So, there's that but I mean, I had everything you can imagine from even older stuff, you know, like I'm always good for some ACDC but um but I'm also like biased when it comes to who was out in high school so there's like bush stuff like that okay. oh yeah i like Everclear. even nirvana like I, I i wish i could have seen i know and he was in medford i know but Just, i wasn't old I think, enough my cousin christina was there that's crazy uh-huh mm-hmm. but yeah so you know what's crazy is um the concert that i saw pennywise so it was pennywise so it was this um, Mexican punk band called Kung Fu Monkeys, Unwritten Law, Lit. There was another band and I can't remember. Lit. I think I saw them at Big Stink in Portland when they used yeah. to do that big festival up there. Yeah. And it was um, Pennywise and Offspring. And Offspring. Oh, they're so good live. So good. So what's crazy was, um, this was, it was a, it was the Sabroso festival, which, um, it was a taco beer and music festival. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Note the sarcasm. (laughs) And the last song he played was called, it's called gone away and is about his mom passing away. Mm. And at the time when we saw this, both Jesse and I, our moms had passed and he sang that song, and we almost lost our our shit. Mm, I can imagine. <laughs> like it was almost too much. It, I just we looked at each other, and we almost lost our shit. It was very emotional, but it was also like kind of a release too, because we weren't the only ones. It was his mom too. Yeah. On Mother's Day, it was on Mother's Day. Music is amazing. I know. So great. Yeah. And no matter what you're into, you know, that's just it. Music affects people in different ways and mm-hmm. on different days in many ways. Okay. Yeah. No music, like, like music gives me chills a lot. So, mm-hmm. and not every, that doesn't happen with everybody. No, my kids are that way and they love well, when I turn up the music and I'm like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. 
Like your dad isn't going to tell you to turn down the music so very I, often. You like country music, so I like some of the old country. Yeah? Like stuff like my grandpa would listen to. What did your grandpa listen to? He liked Willie Nelson. Yeah. George Jones. Yeah. Um, well, Hank Williams. Did you ever listen to Patsy Cline? Oh, yes. Gosh, was she amazing? Oh, yes. So good. Um, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Hank Williams was one of his favorites. That was kind of a thing back then, mm-hmm. you know, for people that age. I do like Hank the Third. Yeah. He, he's kind of a rebel a little bit. Oh, but I do. Wrong with that. I think he sounds a lot like his grandpa. It's crazy to think about generations. Like, who was it? Uh, Shooter, Shooter Jennings. Mm-hmm. I was listening to him on a podcast a while back, and it's like, man, time just flies by. Well, even Willie wave. Nelson, his kids, his son, um, he, he does a cover of Pearl, um, the Pearl Jam song "Breathe." Oh, really? And his son, I th- I want to say it's his oldest son. I may be wrong. But at one point in time, he, Willie Nelson is singing, and then his son is singing, and it sounds like young Willie Nelson. And it gives me the chill, like I'm getting the chills thinking about it. You know, we heard um, Ned Ledoux, Chris mm-hmm. Ledoux's son. Oh, wow. And it's like, wait a second. Because mm-hmm. I saw Chris Ledoux right before he died, right down right. the road here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd look around and go, wait a second. This is this is too close, in a good way, you know, but it's kind of eerie. Yeah, it's crazy, Especially right? if they're gone. It's like, okay, this is... Well, even even Willie Nelson's daughter sound has the same vibrato as he does. Yeah. Like, it's cool to go back and listen to some of that Willie Nelson music, mm-hmm. the older stuff. And yeah. it's... Because my uncle was a big Willie Nelson fan. We listened to it growing up, and you listen to it, and it's like, man, that guy was just a wizard. So, speaking of my grandpa, I, I always bring him up because he's, like, my favorite person. Um, he would always listen to anything I was interested in. It didn't matter what it was. And he would give you honest opinions about it. Isn't that great? Yeah. Like, he was... It didn't matter what it was. He was always interested... So I'm into this, I love this band called Dropkick Murphys. It's an Irish punk band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played them for him. And he was like, I like it. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. But <laughs> like my uncle Carl off. told me one time he had, he put on a Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath re- record for my grandpa. And my grandpa laid back on and put his hands behind his head and listened to the whole record with him and gave him an honest opinion. So he even did it with my, my aunts and uncles and did it with both me and my brother. That's so cool. And a great reminder for the people out there taking themselves too seriously that aren't open-minded enough to just listen to something. I mean, there's people out there like that, that won't even. Yeah. And, and, and maybe because they're, I'm speculating, but maybe because they're trying to protect or, you know, make sure that the kids don't hear something that they shouldn't be hearing. But there's also something about being a part of it that is yeah 
Maybe more important than just saying, shut yeah, that stuff just off. just the point of sitting and, and listening to something, maybe even quietly with someone. Like, that's special. Like, just listening to an album quietly and enjoying it. Like, I, it's, because I still do it now with Jesse even, you know, like. Good I, for you, because some people don't, they can't get past two songs and they're jumping to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, music is is big for me. Yeah. But I'm musician too. I I mean I have a piano and I I, I don't still play. play? The, I don't play the flute anymore. But I <laughs> <laughs> I played the flute in high school. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I did go to band camp. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't go to band camp. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I still no. play the piano every once in a while. Yeah. That's cool. Jesse plays the guitar. So. Well, maybe you know you were talking about helping kids with the art maybe there's there's definitely a connection between music and art oh sure so maybe there's something where it could be like a combined yeah. thing or like music it's something that i really like i really need to like step like forward and try to do this because okay. it's something that i feel really passionate about so just the first step right mm-hmm. sometimes the first step is the hardest mm-hmm. so you should go for it i feel really strongly about like the and i feel like in schools i feel like they're losing sight of music and art mm-hmm and it has to be tough because they're trying to make, and I'm not trying to defend anyone, but they're trying to make all these decisions. They're looking at spreadsheets probably. Well, when it comes budgets to and, funding, I'm sure. Yeah. And especially now because of all the COVID like things stuff. Things have and, to be left out. And those are aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Extras, mm-hmm. according to some. But some people think they should be put mm-hmm. you know, further ahead of other things. But... Yeah. So there's going to be a void there. There, there already is a void. Whether or not they have music at school or not, there's kids who don't even get involved at school. Mm-hmm. You know, for one reason or another, they can't afford the instruments. They're not yeah. available to them. Whatever that is. So, yeah, you should definitely take the first step and let Something, me know how yeah. it goes. Okay. Because <laughs> it's like when Michael was here, he's like, "I've always wanted to start a podcast. You beat me to it." Michael, start one. He started one. I'm like, well, that's cool. just go do yeah. it. Like just yeah, it's something that I, I I just think that I just want to help people. Like I I had amazing people in my life who helped me like grow up to be I, I want to say a decent human being and creative and artistic and I and they had the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Some some people don't have the money to even help their kids do that or even the kids like that are in the system who don't have homes or they're runaways or whatever they don't have the money to do that and even if you know someone steps forward i'm gonna try i'm gonna try okay i want to do it well keep me posted okay and uh i don't know what i can do but you never know yeah I think it's a great idea. I think supplies is the biggest thing for, you know, like something like that. But I think. uh, Just pull some resources. Yeah. You know, when you think about it. I don't know what kind of art supplies, but, you know, start talking to people and you never know what will happen. Yeah. I just, I think that, especially where I live, I think that it's something that's needed Mm -hmm. for some of the young people. Which is up in Douglas County. Yes. Old stomping grounds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what I think is cool is there's like everyone has a story, obviously, you know, which is kind of what mm-hmm. I do here. And 
um, you know, I get the pleasure of seeing you last year a lot more because I was working at Seven True. Feathers more than I am this year. But mm-hmm. uh, you're working there, and uh, just I love it. I've worked there for se- f- almost 15 years now. And you've done a few different things there, right? I was in security first. Well, actually, what's funny is I worked there a long time ago in 2002, and I and I parked RVs, so I like like directed people to park. In, and that was before the RV park. Yeah. Yeah. So the RVs would pull in and you'd make and sure they got And it would be in the park. south lot by the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then I was security and then I left and went to school. And then, um, unfortunately, my school funding got cut short. Small print. It was mostly my military schooling <laughs> mm. funding. But... Um, yeah, I, I came back into security. I was in security for quite a while, um, until 2010, I think. And I've been slots ever since. Roaming around with the Garth Brooks microphone on. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Jason's messing around again. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> right now, it's someone's not wearing a mask. Yeah. It's fine. They're just smoking their cigarette. They'll finish <laughs> up and put their mask back. You know what I had someone tell me today? What? Um, they said they stopped there on the way down from Portland, mm-hmm. and they were, they were driving from Portland to Medford. Uh, it's someone I work with, and uh, he doesn't come down often. But he goes, you know, I gotta tell you, they like they were checking temps. They had an issue with the one thing. They went to Plan B. It worked fine. Got in. He goes, the only people I saw that didn't have masks on were just smoking their cigarettes and then put them right back on. He was really impressed with how clean the place was. Yeah. And how people that are sanitizing machines. Yeah. He's like, man, they were on top of it. I said, well, first of all, you need to know that, A, it's one of the cleanest casinos in out there. I, I, I want to say in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. I think you can say that. And in, you work there. And technically, I work there still mm-hmm. in a roundabout way doing yeah. the commercials. Mm-hmm. So let me just put that out there so people know. So they don't go, well, you work there. You didn't say you work there. Mm-hmm. But but honestly, like, they do a great job of cleaning. They always have. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was a really good compliment, though, that he was. And he, cool. he was telling me not knowing all of the connections. And I said, yeah, well. They're kind of that way all the time. But he was very yeah, impressed and, with how the, and the, the tribe patrons has decided that there was no exceptions. It doesn't matter. Like they're thinking of um, employee safety team. Well, we call them team member, team member safety, and guest safety, and it's um, high on their priority list. So, yeah, it's good for them. Yeah, I and you know it's not. It's at first wearing a mask was kind of hard. Because I work 10-hour shifts. But you get kind of used to it. And I found out what masks work for me more than others. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And it's a, an escape because there isn't much to do. I mean, and you know, it gives people an escape from the idea of COVID. Yeah. And some sense of normalcy, you know, mm-hmm. at some kind of entertainment yeah. outside of. Because and I like when, to be part of that. When you think about it, like what kind of entertainment is out there right now? No concerts. There's no concerts. Very limited sports. You can't mm-hmm. attend the sporting events. Nope. So what else is there? Aside from a know, stock car I'm race, so, maybe I'm here so and there. about concerts. Well, it'll just make them that much better when we can go. That's true. And uh, I was supposed to be see Blondie. Oh, really? At, Edgefield 
at, actually in a couple days. And they canceled it. I'm so yeah. bummed. But, I mean, I want her around until I can see her, I guess. <laughs> and everyone else, yeah. right? So yeah. if it's the sacrifice we had to make. Yeah. And I don't know all the ins and outs. I want to go there because yeah. there's a lot you can find on the internet. Yeah. Um, but we'll do what we can do in the meantime. And We just got to we just gotta do what we got to do until this is over. <laughs> I like how dark it is in here. It is kind of dark. I didn't turn any lights on because it was very light when we started, but now the sun is setting. And for those of you listening, my wonderful garage door opener that has an automatic light, if I wave my arm enough, is not coming <laughs> on. But that means no mosquitoes. That's true. So it's like, it's, uh, it's mood lighting right now <laughs> as the sun sets. Can you see the sunset right now? Yeah, it's very pretty. It's like orange and blue. I don't know if you see any of the pictures that I post occasionally mm-hmm. on Facebook or Instagram, which cheap plug, Garage Talk with Jason Allen on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we had a good one last night. I didn't post them because I just posted something else, but I got I to gotta get them up there because they're... Yeah, this is like an, a wonderful like orange to blue. So I'll show you because you're sitting right across from me. But last night we had... Before we wrap this thing up, I had so I don't know how well. Oh me, wow! Hold on. So, holy smokes! It should get lighter. Is it getting lighter? Yeah. Yeah. That's really pretty. Yeah. See that one? Yeah. So it was just ah. Now I'm wrapped around the microphone. Yeah, it was pretty awesome last night, but anyway, I'm like obsessed with the sunset here. So speaking of sunsets, when my grandfather passed away that night, it, the, it was the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen. Yeah, we were in Eugene, and um, even Jesse, who who um, was like, whoa, like it's, this is telling, because my grandpa loves sunsets, so I think it's cool that you love sunsets. Oh, yeah. I, I like sunrises too, though. Oh, we had. A I'm good usually one. not awake for sunrises. Sunday morning, we had one here. I'll show you the pictures after. I won't bore everyone else with it, but it was like the baby was up early, and I got up and was like one of the other kids was up, and I was trying to keep them out of mm-hmm. our bedroom to from waking up the baby, and I was like, oh my gosh, I never get to see this. I'm already at work. Yeah. When it comes up, because I go to work so early. But anyway, all right. Well, I guess we should probably wrap it up, huh? Unless there's anything else you want to touch on before I, I let you go. So. I don't think so. <laughs> Any words of wisdom to pass along to our friends listening? Um, I just think that, you know, we have to uh, be kind. Mm-hmm. Be kind. Give hugs. Right now it's kind of hard. I know. Air hugs. Yeah. That's Elbow a tough bumps. one. I've done a few hugs where. I, I, I've hugged. A few here and there, but I've I've tried to use my best judgment. Be kind. Um, you don't know what everyone else is experiencing or going through. That's a good one. Could be any of us, really. Mm-hmm. I just I think that we just need to be nice to each other. We don't necessarily have to love each other because a lot of people don't know everyone. But mm-hmm. Just be kind. That's a good one. Well, I really appreciate you coming down. And You're welcome. I, it was fun. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. 
Um, even though we can hardly see each other right now, it's getting very <laughs> dark in a hurry, but, uh, I've always enjoyed your company. And, Thanks. uh, even though we don't talk all the time, I feel like when we see each other, I've, I've, I've always felt a, a cool connection with you. So, yeah. um, I appreciate like you a brother out. from another mother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, that only happens when you, when you're nice to everyone and open-minded because mm-hmm. it's not like we danced in the same circles or however you want to oh, describe no. it. But, uh, you know, cross paths in different ways. And, yeah. And uh, now when I see you, of course, pre-COVID, always got a hug. That's true. And a smile. <laughs> so that's always awesome. Um, Some people were jealous of that, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. They were like, oh, you always hug him. <laughs> yeah, so? Yeah, well. You hugs. want one? Go yeah. get one. Jeez. They're yeah. free. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Jackie, I really appreciate it. And uh, this has been episode 40, Garage Talk with Jason cool. Allen. And, uh, we and made we just turned tur- 40 this Yeah. Year. So it was clearly meant to be. Yeah, and cool. uh, first first classmate of the class of 98, Glendale Pirates. Go Pirates. Woo. And um, this podcast is available at garagetalkpodcast.com, Apple, Google, Android, Stitcher, TuneIn. I can never remember them all, but you can rate, review, share it with your friends. That helps. And uh, don't forget Instagram and Facebook. Give it a follow. Give it a like. And uh, really excited to have some great guests lately. And it looks like that you are the first of a couple females in a row that will be here on the podcast. So I'm really excited about that. I'm always excited to highlight the females because... Girl power. uh, Yeah, in a... a, in a world where there's a lot of uh, men getting attention, we, everyone deserves it. So, True. Um, thanks again. Awesome. That's nice. Right. We'll be back in the garage soon. And until next time, have a good one.